Welcome to the Tech Cat Show with host Lori H. Schwartz. Each week we hear from established leaders in the technology and consumer industry. Finding out the scoop should never be this much fun. Now, here is your host, Lori H. Schwartz. Hey, everybody. Um, It is great to be back. Um, We have been celebrating uh, a month of... um, talking about the Consumer Electronics Show and really getting into all the um, exciting technologies that are bursting at the seams in our very connected world. Um, Today, we're going to actually talk to someone who is creating content for all of those new and exciting platforms, and that is the fabulous Amy Helfand, who is founder and CEO of Family League, which is a leading family-focused digital media company, and we're going to get into what that means um, in a moment. But let's have a big Tech Cat welcome for Amy Helfand. Yes! Woo! <laughs> Thank you so much, Lori. I'm thrilled to be here. <laughs> the audience seems to really respond to you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, thank you. <laughs> so, so Amy, I want to dig into what it means to be a digital media company. But before that, um, t- talk to us about your background, because I know you've been in the content space for a long time doing a lot of different things. So give us a sense of, of how you came here. Certainly. So prior to starting uh, this company, my background was in movie trailer producing. I was in the theatrical trailer business. So uh, short format programming was always my sweet spot. I went to NYU film school and then had a 10 year career, uh, you know, producing and leading campaigns for Mission Impossible and Harry Potter and Batman and big block- blockbuster Hollywood shows like that. And then when I started my own family, uh, out of it, my own personal need as a new mother in a, a very specific challenging moment with my baby, the idea was born to build this company. So that's really where the genesis happened. And um, did you yourself know that it would kind of explode into what it's exploding into? You know, did you have a vision of it? You know, I initially was just, no, to answer your question, no, I didn't realize we would end up where we are today. And I think a lot of our companies that, you know, those of us are in this space uh, are probably, you know, feeling the same way. When I initially started, uh, like I said, it was born out of my own personal need. I was having a moment with my newborn and was very challenged and was looking for content, very quick consumable content that uh, would help navigate this moment with my baby. And I jumped online, like millions of parents do, searching for a quick video to guide me through this moment. And all I could really find were blogs or articles that were pages and pages long on how to introduce a pacifier or get your baby to, you know, sleep routine or how to change a diaper. And I thought, you know, I'm sleep deprived uh, and, you know, I haven't slept in six weeks and I can't possibly get through two sentences, let alone 14 pages of a pacifier uh, article. So I really, you know, was searching for content. I need, I was, you know, we're all very um, impacted by video and those visuals. So I was searching for a video destination that would guide new parents. And shockingly, at the, at the time that I was searching for this, it did not exist. So, you know, I was on that baby center like one of the parents, and it was just one blog and article after the next, because at the time they didn't really have video content either. So because of my background, I thought, well, if it doesn't exist, let me explore how to put this together. And initially we were just very hyper-focused on getting parents through baby's first fear. And unknowingly, but very intentionally, um, this was a key 
decision for us because we became known. We were first to market on YouTube in that baby space and really guiding parents through that first year. And when we became known for babies first year and parents, uh, you know, had two-year-olds and four-year-olds and six-year-olds, they wanted more content. So as they were, as their babies were growing into older kids, they wanted more content. So we would deliver that content. In the meantime, if they were having their second or third babies, they were going back and watching our evergreen content that was then helping them get through those moments again, all over again, right? So the content was being binge-watched on both fronts. It was the new stuff and the old stuff that was really helping parents. And our, you know, one of the reasons how we managed to scale this thing the way we did and have the engagement that we do is that we, we specifically built a programming slate around responding to the needs of those parents. So if they were watching a video and it resonated with them and they would engage with the video in the comment section and comment on it and go and request, you know, I really love this video, but what do you have for baby care basics or what do you have for mommy reviews or, you know, product reviews? If we had enough requests coming in and enough engagement around a specific topic, we would actually create a show around it. And I think parents then really, we earn their trust and their loyalty, and they started sharing our content because it was helpful to them. And they, who doesn't want to be helpful to their friends going through the same thing? So that was really game-changing for us. And next thing you know, we're not, you know, we're not any longer a baby company, which was the original name was Baby League. Now we're a full-fledged family company, and that's where the family name came from. We became the parent company uh, is Family League, and now Baby League is a very valuable asset under that parent company. God, it's so so interesting how your personal life always leads you to uh, right. you know to to other things. But were you so you you say you're putting together all this content? Are you going out and hiring people to shoot content? Are you aggregating already existing content? Like how do you build out this channel? Sure. So we are a multi-platform network. We're uh, comprised of many channels and many content partnerships under one umbrella. We, early on, because we were first to market again in the baby space, um, the family vloggers and influencers weren't as, you know, prevalent as they are today, right? There were a handful of them that were wanting to become the next Shea Carl and family, you know, Shea Carl and his family. Obviously, Shea Carl was one of the founders of Maker, so he was first on the scene uh, and really put the family vlogging opportunity out there. And I think a lot of families saw that and saw the opportunity, so... There were a lot of people trying to do the same thing. So we started identifying those channels and those families that were looking to create content full-time, uh, you know, developing friendships and, and cultivating deep relationships and partnerships with them. And so what we would do is we would identify these folks and create original IP with them that looked nothing like what was happening on their own channels. So we would leverage those audiences to drive them to our channels uh, to see their favorite bloggers uh, doing something different. And what was really incredible for the, the bloggers that were participating was that they could really try anything. They could try a scripted format. They could try something completely different. And if it worked, great, everybody won. And if it didn't work, it never affected their own personal channels. So that's how those relationships started. And now we've worked with, you know, like we worked with the Daily Bumps from very early on in their YouTube career. And at the time that we met them, they had 22,000 subscribers. Now they have over 3 million YouTube subscribers alone, not to mention all their other social platforms. So those families that we've known for, for years now um, remain very good friends of our network. We work with them, and we constantly create new 
original content that we either, you know, deliver and showcase on our platforms, our own and operated channels. Sometimes a lot of the content can be on their channels, depending on, you know, if it's branded content, if it's something that we're just exploring to do together. There's multiple ways to do it. And the thing that I think is very important in the family space is that you have to understand that your families live on, you know, primarily three different platforms, right? Your mom's on on Facebook and now really migrating to Instagram. Kids are on Instagram and really migrating to YouTube. And more than anybody, dads go to YouTube to find how-to parent videos. So that was something huh. interesting that we discovered. So we, yeah, that is really thing, interesting. Again, we weren't targeting just moms. We wanted to also empower dads because we know a lot of dads that stay at home and raise the kids and moms are out making the money. So we wanted to make sure that we were targeting parents and that we had content for dads, content for moms, and even content for grandparents because most families have two parents that have to work and sometimes the grandparents are chipping in with childcare and helping with their grandchildren. So we wanted to make sure that we created content that resonated with the entire family unit, and and that's where we are today. Oh, that that is definitely again another story of needs creating, a, you know, a business opportunity. Now, th- one of the things that I'm so curious about is, okay, so you're a multi-platform network, so you're going against different platforms. Um, can you share us, you know, what are all the different platforms that you're leveraging? Sure. So obviously, you know, YouTube was was and is continues to be the number one platform where we create content, um, you know, for own and operated channels as well as for our network partners. So YouTube, you know, still the most powerful video platform in our opinion in the world, followed by Facebook. Uh, we have, you know, our, a lot of our talent. It's interesting because once you start working with these families, you recognize that not everybody is cut out to be on one specific platform, right? Not everybody should be on YouTube or Facebook or Instagram. Everybody has their specific talents that they bring to the table. So what you want to do as a network is to really guide them to maximize the opportunities uh, and the platforms and the algorithm that really suits them and their personality. So a great example is we have a really wonderful partnership with Greg Jennings, Super Bowl champ Greg Jennings and his family. And Greg, um, you know, we started off with this really great show on YouTube, on our uh, Baby League channel, uh, and, uh, excuse me, on our family channel. We chronicled Greg's last year as an NFL, you know, star uh, on the Miami Dolphins and uh, how he was navigating him living in Miami, you know, pursuing this last year as an NFL player. His wife was an entrepreneur, remained in Minnesota with their kids, and obviously the family would travel back and forth every other weekend to stay together and see each other. And she had her own life and, and her own business she was running, and obviously the kids needed stability. So that story, uh, we chronicled that on YouTube for a year. What we saw very quickly was that Greg loves to, to live stream. So Facebook Live is such a great tool for that, and Greg is a lot more inclined to go live on a whim wherever he is, and he's so great on camera, just live on the spot. But that really became a great way for him to communicate with his audience that was loving his show on YouTube, but Greg wasn't really big on commenting on YouTube. His thing wasn't to just sit there and respond to comments on YouTube videos. He would rather just actually speak directly into his iPhone, right, as he was out and about sharing what he was doing at that moment with his viewers, and we created a whole show around that. And to this day, he's you know he's going to be part of the Super Bowl this year. He's going to be uh, he works for Fox Sports now. He's a commentator. 
So taking every talent that we work with and saying, you know, maybe YouTube isn't for you. What about Facebook Live? What about Insta Story? We've, you know, there was a lot going on with YouTube and Apocalypse this past year that we learned from. There was a lot of talent that we discovered that was on Instagram. A lot of very influential families that don't even have YouTube channels. And so while, you know, YouTube was having its issues, we ended up building an entire network of families okay, that are very strong on Instagram. God, that so is so. That's that's so interesting. So again, again, the what's what's actually happening and what's happening in their personal lives is actually driving all of it. Um, all right, we're going to be back in a moment um, on the Tech mm-hmm. Cat Show with the fabulous Amy Hellhound, who mm-hmm. is the founder and CEO of Family League. Thank you. If you're 85 or younger, would you like peace of mind and comfort for your family? We're Final Expense Direct with an urgent message for you. The average funeral today costs over $8,000, but the most you'll get from government benefits is $255. How will your family pay the difference? We can help. Our senior plans start as low as just a dollar a day and pay up to $30,000 for a funeral and other final expenses. Peace of mind is easy. There's no medical exam. You'll have lifetime coverage, and your plan can't be canceled as long as you pay your premiums. Call now for free information about our senior plans. Answer a few simple questions and receive approval right on the phone. Plus, call right now, and we'll give you a discount prescription card for free. Call 800-594-1598. That's 800-594-1598. The key point of contact between consumers and brands is technology. StoryTech, a boutique agency, empowers you to use that tech to deliver your message, engage your customers, and raise the bottom line. How do you track and exploit the trends? How do you stay ahead of industry disruption? And how do you maximize profit from content? From strategy to execution, the answer is StoryTech. Inform. Innovate. Create. Visit us at story-tech.com. That's story-tech.com. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. This is the Tech Cat Show with Lori H. Schwartz. If you want to find out more about our show or to leave a comment or question, send an email to lori at techcat.tv. That's lori at techcat.tv. Hi, everybody, and we are back with the fabulous Amy Helfand, who's the founder and CEO of Family League, which is a multi-platform network that basically covers content under this niche of, of the family. And it's 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 wide because there's a lot of content, but it's it's also very exciting because it really does speak to the family in all sorts of different shows and formats. And Amy was kind of taking us through um, how different shows lead to different platforms because th- they work better on different platforms. So I'm mm-hmm. curious, am I going to find you on my Apple TV as well? You know, are you making yeah. your way to all of those formats that some of us who are a little older um, and may not be on YouTube all the time? <laughs> yes, absolutely. Thank you for bringing that up. You know, I think um, it's very wise when you hit a certain scale and you have a very passionate audience base that you 
start to map out a game plan for uh, a platform that you actually own and operate. And I think if this past year showed us anything is that you cannot be completely, you can't have a company that's completely dependent on a platform that you don't own and operate and control, right? There was a lot of issues with with YouTube and, and obviously Adpocalypse and, and the placement of advertisers across, you know, questionable content. And, and all of us were deeply, deeply affected. Our revenues were affected and, uh, you know, we're still reeling from that. And in addition to Adpocalypse that started, you know, those issues started earlier in the year, the family space was really impacted in November when there were this kid controversy this kid content controversy happened and a lot of channels were being shut down and, and, you know, videos were being demonetized because as a whole, it tends to have, a, you know, a blanket reaction to quickly, you know, uh, protect the situation. So, so a lot of, you know, videos and channels were demonetized right away. And people and really, what, plan, you what know, is, channel that. What, and what, what was the kid content controversy? What, what, what happened? Well, what happened was there were, unfortunately, there are a lot of people in the world that will go on to content that has children on it and they will, they will, you know, make vulgar or, you know, sexually driven comments uh, referring to children. Uh, So there were a lot of, you know, it was a very, very big deal and there were pedophilia comments that were, you know, in in some content you know, it was questionable, certainly. Um, one of the things that Family has always focused on was having very family-friendly, wholesome content. But our content was impacted, too, because we can't control the comments that come, come onto the YouTube platform, right? So you could be watching a video about how to safely prepare formula, and you could have somebody comment something that was completely inappropriate, and that video would get shut down and demonetized, not because of the content that it was on the video, but because of the comments that were made against the video, you see? So we would would come into the office on a Monday morning and we'd have 23 videos that have been shut down and demonetized for no apparent reason. And then what what YouTube is now doing is having human reviews per video. But if if you can imagine how much content is uploaded to YouTube every minute of the day, right? 450 hours worth of content get uploaded to YouTube every day. So imagine them shutting down millions of videos and then them having to manually review them all. So this really spoke to us on so many levels, not only that we can't just be dependent on one platform, obviously we've always been a multi-platform network because that's where our demographic sits, but also we never know what's going to happen. If if Mark Zuckerberg decides to shut the lights off at Facebook tomorrow, then what happens to all companies and businesses that are completely, you know, dependent on that platform. So when you have scale and you can move your audience around across multiple platforms, you have a really tremendous opportunity to then build out your OTT, which then you can control, you can operate, and you can obviously create advertising opportunities for yourself that you don't have to give 45% to anyone. You keep the majority of it, as well as original branded content and as well as transactional video on demand where we know that on YouTube, we have a handful of viral shows that people really want us to bring back. So we can make sequels on these OTT platforms that people can enjoy um, that we can charge for. So there's a tremendous amount of opportunity there. And again, speaking to folks that would rather watch their content on their smart TV, we are now on Apple TV, we're on Roku, we're on iOS and Android. 
So we're really excited about that, and um, and we're not just dependent on the platforms, uh, you know, the, the main social platforms that most folks are on. So you can bounce around to where you need you, where you need to go. Um, th- that's also really exciting, um, you know, because I love the idea too that um, you know in in this time of uh, net neutrality going away, you know, I know so many content creators are concerned about you know, these large telcos owning their lives, you know, and not being able mm-hmm. to move through things anymore. And so what you're doing mm-hmm. is ensuring a future for yourself, basically. That's right. And uh, that's exactly right. For the health and, and wellness of our business, you know, and uh, and our talent and the network of partnerships that we've created. And now, what what does it, when does a platform become one that you want to get on? You know, like, and are you constantly you know, trying new platform. I mean, what, what, what happens? Do you just hear about something really exploding? No, that's a great question. Um, we, we don't, we are guided uh, by our audience. You know, we're not going to be on every platform out there. If we know the things that we do know is that moms are on, you know, Facebook, Instagram, dads are on, on uh, YouTube, kids are on Twitter. And, I'm sorry. Um, Instagram and YouTube, and obviously Twitter is a great platform for real-time happenings, right? If we've got something that's launching, we can announce it on Twitter. So, so every single platform that we're on, which is those main four, um, brings something to the table. And every single one has a different approach and algorithm that really suits specific content. Like I said, Facebook Live is really great for our talent that really likes to be, you know, live streaming, connecting with their fans in, in real time. So that really works for us, and we develop programming and original content around the specific, um, you know, a, a sort of a specific algorithm that each platform brings. Um, changing that algorithm constantly. Initially, shorter format programming was very appealing, and you would get sucked into the, into the algorithm and suggested. that Those things have now changed, and your content needs to be a lot longer. So we have a library of hundreds of, sh- of episodes and shows that now are too small, too short, right? They're not long enough to really get sucked into the algorithm. So moving forward, the programming slate has to then, you know, change to accommodate the new guidelines for that algorithm to really kick in. So it's, it's very interesting, um, but we don't always, you know, have to be on the hot new platform. We go where our audience lives and our demographic. Right, so the, so the audience tells you. I mean, who else would That's know right. but they the audience? <laughs> Yeah, they dictate that, right? I, I, I don't know a lot of moms that are on Twitch. I'm sure yeah. some are, but, you know, your gamers are on Twitch, right? So yeah. there's no need to be everywhere. And I think, I think again, that goes back to when we started the company and it was just Baby League, we were very niche and we were hyper-focused on something very specific and we built it out from there. I think when, when any kind of a company or brand tries to be too many things to too many people, I think that's a mistake. Um, I think you, you really... Try something if there if it resonates uh, and you see an opportunity you can build out from there. But I think when you're all over the place and you try to reel it back in, I think it's really impossible to identify what the brand is anyway. Oh, so that's a great point. Um, and you know, I teach. I don't know if you know this, but I teach a class at Loyola um, in the winter session, and it's basically about marketing and tech and advertising and how they're all colliding. And so one of the mm-hmm. conversations we always have is how does a brand move through this space with all this great content and on these multi-channel networks like are you working with brands and advertisers you know what's the model because i know brands are dying right now to get in front of your audience 
Absolutely. Well, that's been the revenue stream that for us has really exploded in the past year. Thankfully, you know, we, we were able to triple our branded revenue uh, because brands, because of our scale and because brands do want to reach our coveted demographic. Uh, in the meantime, because there were so many issues on the indirect advertising revenue side with, with obviously the YouTube situation, we really focused on building out, you know, these branded relationships and, and branded content. And that was uh, really, you know, very lucrative for us. So brands are, you know, we have over 70 brand clients that we work with. And they're also trying to figure out how this all works, right? One of the interesting things that happens when we when we sit down and we talk to a brand and we sort of map out what their strategy is for the coming year and what their campaigns look like. You know, most brands think that you make one video and you can just drop it into all the platforms and that's going to be fine. And they don't realize that it's an art to really take your consumer on a journey across multiple platforms in very different ways. So a lot of it is educating our brand partners and that's part of what you get when you work with us. Um, and it's taking, you know, what their goals are and really implementing the right talent, the right creative. Um, we always say, you know, when we have brand clients that show up with scripts and bullet points that they want scripted out, we're like, listen, we're not in the business of making infomercials or commercials. That's television. You have a very specific, you know, millennial audience that that will never work with. You know, in our space, 90% of new parents are millennials. Millennials do not consume content the way, you know, Gen X does. It's just completely different. And when they feel like they're getting sold to, they tune out right away. They have too many right. options. So, so you, have to, you, wanna, you have to find, you, you have to create a new way to communicate with them. Absolutely. And you have to create a brand experience that they get excited about, right? Where they're going to be, you know, subjected to branding, but they're not feeling like they're getting hustled right, to buy something. But right, you make it right. fun. And there's a brand affinity that comes with that that is very positive for the brand if they let us do our job. That's what we really do very, very well is, is creatively, you know, inject a brand into our creative content where people have fun around it, they can interact, they can engage, and everybody enjoys it. Yeah, I, I love that story too because I know when I'm watching a piece of content and a commercial comes that's contextual to that content, mm -hmm. Um, you mm -hmm. know, I'm not as aggregated about the content, and I'm also more more engaged. You know, it just kind mm -hmm. of ma makes sense. And I've heard of a lot of influencers sort of growing with their brand, too. As they get older and their lives change and their audiences grow with them, the types mm -hmm. of brands change, too. And so it's kind of a family moving along <laughs> the spectrum. Um, all right, we're going to be back um, in a moment on the Tech Cat Show with the fabulous Amy Helfand, who is the founder and CEO of Family League, and getting into all the fun um, challenges, trends, and activity happening in the multi-network content space. Back in a moment. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. The key point of contact between consumers and brands is technology. StoryTech, a boutique agency, empowers you to use that tech to deliver your message, engage your customers, and raise the bottom line. How do you track and exploit the trends? How do you stay ahead of industry disruption? And how do you maximize profit from content? From strategy to execution, the answer is StoryTech. 
inform, innovate, create. Visit us at story-tech.com. That's story-tech.com. The business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio. Voice America Business Network. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. This is the Tech Cat Show with Lori H. Schwartz. If you want to find out more about our show or to leave a comment or question, send an email to Lori at TechCat.tv. That's Lori at TechCat.tv. Hi, everybody. Um, We've been having a really exciting conversation with Amy Helfand, who is the founder and CEO of Family League. And I've apparently been saying it wrong, which is, um, you know, a trend on the Tech Cat Show. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but Family League, um, and uh, Family League is a multi-platform network focused on content about families for all sorts of different demographics and niche inside of niche, right? Because you have other mm-hmm. other pieces of family inside of this network. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And so it's so exciting. So um, you and I first met on a airplane to um, to uh, oh my what god. Summit? What yeah, that's web right. Summit. The web the web Portugal. summit in Portugal. That's right. I was like, where was it? It was so beautiful in Portugal um, because you were going there to, um, I think, speak on a panel and bring your show and do other things. And I was going there to just curate uh, some trends. Um, mm-hmm. And what what you you had someone with you um, that was one of your um, you know content influencers, right? Was it the yeah, woman it that you were great. just talking about? It was Greg Jennings, actually. Greg Jennings, Super Bowl champ. Greg Jennings, he won the Super Bowl with the Green Bay Packers uh, and then retired with the Miami Dolphins last year. It was Greg and his wife. Uh, Greg and I were speaking on a panel and obviously talking about how once athletes um, retire, or even when they're in the game, I think a lot of the opportunities that come their way are always sort of focused on their sport. And a lot of them really want opportunities outside of just speaking about their sport, right? They have very rich lives with their families and they do other things. And one of the things that was very appealing to Greg and his wife was that our content and our network was going to focus on him and his family. Um, We all know his stats on the football field and, you know, he was always a part of my fantasy football roster and was obviously a very talented player. You know, I had no earthly idea that he had four beautiful kids, had been you know, in love with his wife since they were in sixth grade. And I thought it was such a powerful story, particularly around athletes, because a lot of the stories that we hear are those sensational stories about... Right, they're doing crazy things. They don't show up for their families. And I thought, you know, there are a lot of really dedicated men and women in sports that we never hear about. So Family League really became an opportunity for a lot of these athletes to partner with us and to tell their stories tell their stories about their families and their wonderful marriages and their great kids and how they navigate their professional lives with their personal lives. So that, when Family was launched, Greg was, you know, his show was one of the first ones, and we very much curate the talent that we work with because we do want to highlight those positive stories. This was a really interesting opportunity to change the narrative in sports 
and Greg and Ephraim Salam, some of our other partners, were all very excited to participate and to leverage those incredible fan bases that they have from football and basketball and soccer to a different place where they can talk about other things that they love and are passionate about. I, lo- I love that story. And and going back to where we were going, you, we were going to Web Summit, which is this incredibly mm-hmm. large, fantastic conference about startups and digital and new business models. It, and it's huge. It takes over the city that it's in, and it's pretty famous at this point. But are you going to a lot of conferences? I mean, besides speaking, you know, how do you keep up with you know, who's the latest influencer and what's the latest, you know, trend, um, it, you know, because obviously you have to know everything. Yeah, I mean, I think we all put the pressure on ourselves to know everything. I think what happens is, you know, to run a business well, you have to give it the priority that it deserves. And so at a certain point, you really have to identify which are the conferences that make the most sense. Like I just got back from NAPI in Miami I had never been. I know that there were a handful of years that I contemplated going, but it didn't really make sense for me until this year. I had some really interesting meetings there with some traditional media companies that are really interested in tapping into the family market. So those meetings took place. I spoke on a panel about OTT, which we just talked about a little bit, because um, OTT is, is really exploding. And you know, I think a lot of people are trying it, but not a lot of people are having success with it. So, you know, there was a really interesting and, and very provocative conversation around that. So you have to really handpick the conferences uh, that you go to, and they have to make sense, uh, not just, you know, to inform yourself, but to inform others and, and to what are you going to get, you know, yourself as a CEO and how is this going to benefit my company? Um, yeah. Because, you know, that, there's just not yeah, enough hours in the day to, to squeeze them all in, as you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and you could you could be always on an airplane um, you mm-hmm. know, if you if you wanted to be. Um now are you one of those executives that like sets up a time in their day to read all the newsletters and go on Twitter and Facebook and sort of do that or is it more spontaneous for you? I suffer from terrible insomnia, unfortunately. <laughs> so <laughs> I spend uh, probably every night between 1 and 3 in the morning. <laughs> Reading, you know, all of all, you know, I read anything from the Wall Street Journal to Variety, Hollywood Reporter, Tube Filter, Video Inc., uh, you know, and everything in between um, to stay, you know, on top of all the news. Um, sometimes I have to give myself a break because there's just so much going on constantly, just in digital. Forget about what's happening in the, you know, on the planet, in, in our country, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So I sort of have to time it out a little bit. But, um, you know, I do try to stay on top of it. I'm also friends with a lot of folks that are in the industry. So, you know, I think the conversations that we have internally, a lot of the CEOs like to sort of check in with each other and see, you know, we we have a lot of concerns with what's happened. A lot of the models are no longer working. So I think what's going to really separate the companies that succeed as opposed to the ones that are struggling is that you constantly have to innovate. You cannot remain the same and think that in this market you're going to survive it. It's just it's too saturated and there's too many players trying to do the same thing. So you always want to continue to innovate. Right, and you'll you might you might meet your next you know uh, influencer that you want to build a show around, right? Um, now, now yes. with I- influencers, are there any concerns that you have about like one day they'll just go nuts? Like we keep <laughs> having these instances yeah. where different influencers all of a sudden say something completely inappropriate and then everybody breaks their deals with them, you know, similar to what's happening in the um, 
Me Too movement, um, but just, you know, they'll do something that is completely wackadoodle and then everyone has to pull to, to save face. Has that happened to you? It has, actually. It has. And, you know, I think we all make the best effort to, to curate and handpick talent and families that will represent your brand, um, you know, very well. Uh, we're obviously not an edgy brand. We've never strived to be. We, we understand we have a very wholesome uh, community that we've built that really follows, you know, our, our, our channels and our content and our brand. And we're really mindful and we respect that and we honor it as best we can. At the end of the day, we all understand that we're all human. People make mistakes. And one of the beautiful things about that is that I think when talent makes a mistake and, you know, some mistakes are much more, you know, impactful than others. But I think the first thing you always need to do is to own that mistake, apologize, and then do the best that you can to move forward. Uh, we have had talent, you know, even though we're very mindful of who we work with, we have had talent that hasn't made the best mistakes for themselves and their families and their marriages. And it's come to light and we had to, you know, have the hard conversations and, you know, sort of pull back on that partnership until they handled that. And, and to be perfectly honest for us, the number one concern and the, the number one focus of our company has always been family. And when families and, and these partners go through things, we always encourage them. You know, the most important thing right now is not us or anybody else. It's you and your family. That's who's being the most impacted. So as a family company, we encourage you to go take care of that first and don't worry about anything else, right? You have to worry about making sure you can salvage your marriage or your, or your relationships with your kids, etc., because you made a very, you know, a, a big mistake. So we had that incident once, and uh, it was a, it was one of the talent that had a, a, an entire show on one of our owned and operated channels. And obviously, that channel that you know channel had it um, placed in a prominent position. And obviously, we had to move the location of the show. It's still there, but it's not as prominently placed because that that influencer had a lot of work to do, and and they're still recovering. They're still recovering from from obviously their choices. So. Yeah, yeah, and how, how, how do you also, you know, do you do you say something to an influencer when when they are going wrong, you know, and is it kind of a censorship uh, or or is it just following guidelines of the quality of the brand of your brand? Do we say something when there's a, when they have make a mistake or when they're creating our content? I'm not clear. When, when they're when they're creating their content, are you kind mm-hmm. of getting in there and saying, you know, don't do that. That's inappropriate. You know, are you involved in in sort of what they actually create? Well, anything that goes on our owned and operated channels is always reviewed and approved by us before it gets uploaded. So we know exactly what's going to go on the channel. What we're most concerned about is not, we know that the content that's on our channel is going to be wholesome and, and appropriate for our audience. What, cons- what is always a risk, it doesn't matter who you are and what vertical you're in, is that the talent that created that show for you is going to make personal mistakes in their lives that are going to impact the brand, right? Yes. So that's, you know, like, you know, the perfect recent example is, is Logan Paul, right? Logan Paul and, and the suicide video, right? It's Right, right. That's all over you know, the news. It's all over the news, and it's been a massive, uh, you know, it's had a massive impact on YouTube and, as, as Can a, you as a whole. Explain, explain the story quickly before our break, what, what happened with him? Sure, sure. Well, Logan Paul is obviously one of the biggest, you know, YouTubers in the world, and he was um, 
I believe in Japan, uh, with, with a group of friends, and he was vlogging as he does, daily vlogging, and he was in, there's a forest in Japan, I, I believe it's, it's got the name, it's like a suicide forest, and it's very known for people committing suicide there. And upon their wandering around and filming themselves, uh, they came upon a person that had just committed suicide. And they oh vlogged it, they filmed, yeah, they filmed it. And um, it wasn't live, so he wasn't. It wasn't a live video, but he yeah. decided that it was a good idea to include it in his vlog. So, and he showed it. He showed the person, um, and I think, you know, the, the reaction of some of the people with him and his own reaction were questionable. You know, the sensitivity around it. So there was a tremendous reaction to him having shown that. That is somebody's family member. That is somebody's child, possibly father, sibling, um, and. There was a, you know, an overall feeling that there was a tremendous lack of respect, and there has to be a line drawn of what you should be showing and and what you shouldn't. And he obviously crossed that line, and so now he's being, you know, there's some consequences that he's having to pay. Yeah, uh, so that uh, is an example it, of things that can happen. Yeah, it's um, it's intense. Um, th- that world, your, your world, because you're really living it day to day. Um, all mm-hmm. right, we have to take one more break, and when we come back, sure. I want to find out what is the the future of of Family League and the world of multi platform network, and where can people actually um, you know, watch your content. So we're going to be back um in a moment on the Tech Cat Show with the fabulous Amy Healthand, and um, I know everybody right now is googling Logan Paul, but um. <laughs> At least it's a good example of what we're talking about. We'll be back in a moment. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. The key point of contact between consumers and brands is technology. StoryTech, a boutique agency, empowers you to use that tech to deliver your message, engage your customers, and raise the bottom line. How do you track and exploit the trends? How do you stay ahead of industry disruption? And how do you maximize profit from content? From strategy to execution, the answer is StoryTech. Inform. Innovate. Create. Visit us at story-tech.com. That's story-tech.com. Do you need directions to solid financial future? If so, the Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with a roadmap to making smart money decisions in every area of your personal finances. Join Jordan every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 3 p.m. Eastern for the Money Answer Show on the Voice America Business Channel. Learn how and where to get the best deals on mortgages, cars, and insurance. Find out the best ways to save for college and retirement. Get out of debt, improve your credit rating, and save on your taxes. The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with great tips on investment opportunities in real estate, stocks, annuities, and other investment vehicles. That's the Money Answers Show with Jordan Goodman on the Voice America Business Channel every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. This is the Tech Cat Show with Lori H. Schwartz. If you want to find out more about our show or to leave a comment or question, send an email to lori at techcat.tv. That's lori at techcat.tv. 
So um, Amy and I um, offline were just actually chatting about how more than any any other sort of uh, content business, the world that she's in, you really have to ride, you know, the personal lives of all the people that you're that you're working with, and then also all the rules and regulations around these different platforms. So how does family keep up with it? And what what's in the future for you? Sure. So I think that you know, again, you <laughs> you learn valuable lessons by situations like the Logan Paul situation and obviously situations that we've had in the past with some of our talent that you can't have an entire business built upon talent that, you know, they're going to make mistakes like we all do and and they've got to live their lives. And we want to make sure that we have, you know, other ways to really maximize the opportunities that don't always rely on talent. So, one of the things that we noticed that was so fascinating over the past couple of years when we transitioned uh, into the family space and we're really targeting uh, content for the family as a whole, not just content that was specific to moms or dads or kids, was that the co-viewing experiences that we would create where we gave families an opportunity to either watch a show together or to participate uh, in the content itself, right, with competitions and fun family challenges, was incredibly powerful for us. So this became sort of the focus of where the company is headed. The other thing that was so wonderful about that was that brands really love that approach. They love that we are focused on creating content, integrating their brands that, not, that doesn't just target one member of the family unit, but the whole family. And because technology tends to disconnect families in general, you know, you look at a family of four at dinner and what do you see? Four devices and four people looking down and nobody talking to each other, right? So that really bothered me when I would go out to dinner with my daughter. I would look around and say, gosh, you know, when I was a kid, my mother would have slapped that phone off of my hand or something. I, you know, right. people aren't really <laughs> talking anymore, right? They're not engaging yeah. with each other. They're all looking down. So we thought, how can we, we know technology isn't going anywhere and we know that that this is really impacting families. So how can we create an experience that's actually going to bring them back together? So our focus has been becoming the intersection of content, technology, and play. So we know that we've got the content side down. We've got the partnership. We know on the creative side, we've got a lot of really great concepts that we're going to continue forward with and and that really resonate with families. But we're going to now really focus on building out our technology in addition to the OTT, we have an app that we are going to develop where families can submit their own videos and clips for competitions that we're going to create that families can play against any other family in the world, right? Hmm. So if I've got a crossing competition show brought to you by Michael, families anywhere in the world that have our app can, down, can download their, their entry and become a part of this global leaderboard uh, in competition, right? So there are going to be really fun prizes around that. Um, I don't know, think kind of like an HQ, right, the hottest new app in the world right now where people are competing against each other every day for, you know, for um, uh, in the live trivia game for, for cash prizes. We want to create an experience like that for families where families can take their technology and actually play together and submit and, and be a part of a much bigger leaderboard. So that will then become a much more of a UGC play. And then, you know, from the submissions that we're going to get, you can imagine we're almost going to have the next version of America's Funniest Home Videos, right? But it'll be a global Funniest Home Videos because 
a lot of the humor comes from the mistakes that, that people make and in, in the content that they submit. So we've got some really fun ideas uh, that we're developing around that and, and the other stuff that's coming with that I can't really talk about just yet, but we're really excited about 2018 and where we're taking the company. God, so exciting. Um, so um, where can where can our um, listeners find find FemLeague? Sure. Well, you can go to FemLeague.com, um, and that will guide you to our multiple platforms. We've got, obviously, a very large presence uh, on YouTube, uh, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Um, so we can be found on those four platforms. Uh, we're on your smart TVs as well, on Apple TV and Roku. You can just look up FemLeague, F-A-M-I-L-E-A-G-U-E. And uh, you can start watching our content now. Oh, my God, that's so so exciting. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. That's so exciting. Now, are you guys also on your social media channels, besides, you know, posting about the shows themselves, are you also, is one of your intentions that Family League becomes, you know, a really large brand with its own sort of, uh, you know, uh, opinion and and um, curation, I guess, is, is the word I'm looking for, uh, outside of the shows themselves? Well, I think we're always aiming to stay innovative, right? Um, I think with the direction that we're taking the company, uh, where we're really wanting to intersect the content and the technology to get families playing together again, I think that's going to become a huge part of our, all of our social media Right, it's going to become this uh, incredible engagement and this destination where families can meet each other, they can compete against each other. I mean, we're excited because based on the 110, you know, influencer families that we currently work with, you know, any family in the world will be able to compete against Greg Jennings and his family on something. So I think the the dialogue and the conversation moving forward is gonna is gonna really be around reconnecting families and. Um, and really being impactful in a positive way. Well, um, I love also how everything you're doing is about just spreading goodness in this uh, time in our culture where um, there's a lot of negativity online and, um, you know, a lot of behaviors that have suddenly been unleashed, um, you know, because of the new president. Um, So it's Mm -hmm. so nice to know that there's companies focused on, um, you know, more of a positive um, message. Um, you know, Absolutely. When you're, when you're, and Absolutely. it's great. And to your point, you know, obviously we're not looking to be the next vice or, you know, <laughs> I think news, everyone's got that covered. I just want I want our destination and our company to be sort of um, a really positive place where families are going to have fun together. They're going to reconnect, you know, parents are going to connect with their kids. Definitely technology is going to be a part of it because the reality is technology isn't going anywhere and we can't try and force that. It's, it's, it's actually going to ramp up. So let's create an environment where you can take that technology and use it in a positive way, make some really fun, exciting opportunities for families to compete, to play. You know, I always find that when I'm at one of my daughter's either soccer games or basketball games, cell phones are put away because that's what families are doing or parents. They're watching and they're cheering and they want little Johnny or little Susie to, to win, right? So we thought, gosh, what if we created a, a platform that where, where that competition, that competitive spirit is, is really, you know, is really uh, celebrated and families get that opportunity to play together. So that's what we want to do. And we want to leave all the news reporting and all that stuff to other people who want to focus on that. And we're going to focus on bringing these families back together and, 
and obviously uh, staying positive. Is your um, is your daughter? Does she have a YouTube channel? Is she is she an influencer as well? I think it would come be quite natural to her. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I happen to have the one kid that has no interest uh, being on camera. She would probably have six shows by now, but she's just not interested. However, there were a couple of times that she was um, my nanny actually had filmed her dancing around and playing with, with her friends. She was kind of obsessed with this one song on the radio, and she did this little choreography number. And we filmed, my nanny filmed it. She showed it to me. One of my in-house editors put it together, and the video went viral. So she has this video, this one video that, that she's in that has about 22 million views. <laughs> so she's uh, kind of YouTube famous and never wanted to be. <laughs> oh my God! Well, that that is how how stars are born. And are you, Amy? Right. Are you tweeting and blogging yourself? Um, you know, out there as an influencer, because I know you do a lot of speaking. You know, uh, I get asked to do that a lot. Unfortunately, I haven't had a lot of time uh, to sort of dedicate, you know, um, time to to be a consistent blogger or even on Twitter. I you know, I'm on Twitter, sort of following up on things. I'm not. So much, you know, out there as an influencer, but but I do get a lot of requests. So I'm going to consider that moving forward because um, I think I think what we've built, I think the story is interesting. A lot of folks want to learn more about it, so I'm I'm happy to share that. That's why I love these opportunities because I feel like when I sit down with folks, I'm like, you know, I wish I knew that long before I spent you know X amount of time, energy, and money going down the wrong path. So we're, we're exploring that and those opportunities definitely. Well, that's so exciting. Well, I mean, just even hearing you talk and how positive it is and how good it is for, for families, um, you know, makes me feel better. <laughs> oh, like, good. <laughs> like family, Thank you. family is back. All right. Well, we've been um, talking to Amy Health and I think that's going to be your new slogan. Family is back um, is the founder and CEO of Family League and Family League is a multi-platform network. We've been learning about all the trends and the business models and, and the uh, content challenges, but also how exciting it is to, to that families are going to connect online and do things together. So you can mm-hmm. uh, d- you can watch Family League on YouTube, um, follow them on their Facebook page, on Instagram and all the different channels. Um, thank mm-hmm. you so much, Amy. Thank you so much for having me. It's been wonderful. Thank you. And I only got the company name wrong like a few times, which I think is That's a new okay. record. That's okay. <laughs> Family.com. Bye, everybody. We'll be back next week, hopefully, with someone as fabulous as the lovely Amy Health And Um, until then, this is your Tech Cat signing off. Thanks so much for listening to the Tech Cat Show. Please join Lori H. Schwartz again for another great program next Wednesday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel and syndicated to the Voice America Women's Channel. 